Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 40 of the Quick Resume podcast. Uh, today, we're following up on the, the fallout of, uh, of the Activision Blizzard acquisition because, boy, has there been some tasty, tasty cakes. Uh mm. PlayStation's stonks plummeted. <laughs> Will Call of Duty go exclusive? And also, Banjo Kazooie goes on Switch. What the hell is going on? We'll catch you on the other side. Thanks for coming, everybody. I hope you haven't, or I guess had a great weekend because we usually upload this on a Monday. So, you know, I hope you're feeling refreshed and only just a little bit depressed. Um, my <laughs> name's Deck. <laughs> That's Tim. Hello. Hi. I'm massively depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and and we we do the Quick Resume podcast, which if you haven't been here before, we do we talk about Xbox just a little bit. And obviously it's kind of inescapable because it's kind of a bit of a vacuum at the moment in terms of the discourse because um, they fucking acquired Activision Blizzard and King. <laughs> so you don't really have a choice really wherever you go. Nonetheless, here we are. Tim, how are we today? I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm having a nice little, uh, I've had a nice little chill weekend. Um I've been I've been playing some some new stuff during the week as well some um some some things I didn't think I would be playing I have to admit although I did think I said I was going to try out uh, the Rainbow Six Extraction um, last week but um, yeah some new games added into the mix uh, this week for me um, one of which being the new Rainbow Six Siege Extraction that came out day one Games Pass by the way so mm. if anyone does feel like playing it just it's on Games Pass. Don't buy it. <laughs> Don't buy it. Mm. No one ever buy it. It's um, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess we can go into it a little bit now. It's you not going to be like a, a, a topic earlier, but yeah, it's it's really. I mean, you haven't played this yet, have you? No. No, you haven't. It's uh, yeah. It's really kind of. It's fine. It's a functioning game, sure. Um. But it's 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 pretty bland. I think the best way I can describe it is just it's very very bland. Um, there's really no meat and bones to it. Very standard progression, um, like leveling up your operators, unlocking new guns, and like just some passive abilities. Like that's it. Nothing nothing spicy. You haven't seen any game like that before. Uh, every single enemy type that's ever existed in Left 4 Dead or any game like that is basically copied and pasted here with a different skin on. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I don't really feel like the Siege combat and gameplay actually benefits a PvE-style game, um, personally. I think it's fine, and I've always said this, and after playing it, I think I absolutely um, back myself here. I think this game will be fun if you play it on like a crazy hard difficulty, and it's like you have to be like 
covert ops, stealth, make your way through the level flawlessly, and if you if you get seen or you get caught, shit goes wrong, shit goes sideways. I think that's the only way this game is kind of fun and fits that style of gunplay. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't just you can't really run and gun with siege gunplay. It's just not a thing. Like in Back for Blood, it's snappy, it's quick, it kind of works. In Left for Dead, it's that style of shooter. It's still basic shooting, but it's just different. It's snappier, it's quicker. Uh, everything in Siege is so sluggish. Like yeah. there's just there's animations to everything. Um, so so yeah, um, I played it with a mate. Uh, it's only three player as well, which I thought it was four, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's only three player. I played it with one other mate, and yeah, when we were stealthing through levels, it was kind of fun. It wasn't too bad. We had some repeated objectives <laughs> already. <laughs> multiple Excellent. times with after only two hours of gameplay um and there's some neat ideas in there but overall i think for me it's like a six out of ten package that's my quick fire review Sounds about um right. yeah i think it, uh, i think i think it was very generous for it to be evening out around like 70 75 or whatever it's on at the moment i think it's going down from when i last saw it yeah i think it's like low 70s now I mean, and the thing um, is, the worst thing is, is we, we've been saying this for months and it, there was absolutely no surprises in terms of like, you know, how it turned out and like the critical reception and everything. Yeah, it just it's just so uninspired. And it's just like, why? It's just, it was a fun little LTM, um, limited time mode, for anyone doesn't know, uh, that they added to the game. And for whatever reason, they decided to focus a lot of developer attention and create a separate product, charge a decent amount of money for it. Like there are games out there, another one which I played this week, that are cheaper than this and play so much better and have so much more to do. Um, and it's cheaper as a base price. And, and this game also has the cheek to come in with a built with a built-in microtransaction store already packed with skins. Like packed, brimming with skins. Like, and you can tell this is where a lot of their work has gone into. Um mm. And it's just, I don't know, man. It just feels like a fucking cash grab, I have to admit. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a bit yeah. tricky that, isn't it? Sort of seeing sort of full, like, um, yeah, microtransaction shops at launch on, like, full-priced games. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I think I have to try and be consistent with sort of how I feel about that. Because, yeah, I get it's not a good look. But I guess it, it's that thing, isn't it, for, like, you know like um uh games of service like long-term games you know i guess something has to has to keep that going but it does yeah i mean it's not it's just not a good look is it to have a full oh yeah i don't know Cause i i think of like some other games like like sea of thieves for example that was a full price game and that the, obviously the intention there was to have support that game for years and years and years which they have done with free updates and then eventually mm-hmm. like maybe 18 months down the line they then added the microtransaction shop because yeah. it just doesn't look good to sell a full price game to someone and then say, while well, you're at it, buy some skins rather than it being in game. Um, yeah. So maybe that's it's... the right way to go about it, maybe? I don't know. I think so. I think it's worth seeing the reception and the, the, the longevity of the game and how people enjoy the grind and then think, maybe we can put skins in this or whatever. But, and it's not necessarily, it's a bad look to have a, a microtransaction store on release of a full price game, like you said. But the worst thing about it is you go in there and these skins are fucking clean, dude. 
Like they have a lot of work has gone into this, and I'm thinking more work has gone into this than the fucking game itself. Like I'm looking at like a full like fire demon thermite skin that looks like insane, and it's like twenty quid, and I'm like, so much work has gone into this skin, and it's not in siege, so like they made it for this game. Like I just feel like more work has gone into it than that. Um, than the actual fucking development of the game, yeah. Um, and that's that's what like triggered me even more. Like I, I went into a full on like foaming at the mouth, like triggered state. Um, so <laughs> it was, but it's fine, you know. For anyone listening, it's not a bad game. It's just uninspired, bland, and kind of boring. And I feel like it's a bit of a cash grab. But if you have Games Pass wow. and a couple of friends. You might have a little bit of fun on it. If you've enjoyed Siege, you might have a little bit of fun on it. What I find really funny when I watch the IGN review on it, by the way, is IGN was just like, oh, yeah, it's not bad, you know, because, you know, they've done, they bought, like, the S+, plus, like, the amazing gun mechanics of Rainbow Six Siege, almost flawless shooting mechanics into a PvE experience. And I was like... Who out there thinks Rainbow Six Siege has flawless shooting mechanics? A lot of the people jank. Yeah, a lot of people I do mean, think it's, it's really good. I, I just don't agree. It's kind of clean to an extent if you're fucking just standing still, peeking around a corner. But if you're doing any form of like movement, oh, the game's really, really sluggish. I feel like I'm fighting the controls all the time. I feel like it's really weird. Yeah. Um, I, Maybe I, on PC. I do not feel like it. Okay, yeah, mouse and, mouse and keyboard, I can see it being a bit crispier, but I don't think it translates perfectly to console. Um, but but yeah, uh, so yeah, hop on out on Games Pass. I don't recommend buying it. Um, and then the other one I was playing was Fireteam Elite, which has been out for a little while. That's on Games Pass too. Um, I just decided to hop on it on a whim with a friend because um, we were going to play Extraction. We decided to play that instead. Uh, it's good fun. I actually quite liked it. Um, it's a really nice setting. Um, like the space alien sci-fi shooter. Um, the guns all sound like really cool and awesome, just how they do in the movies. The whole aesthetic of it's pretty good. Uh, again, it doesn't do anything to reinvent the genre. All the enemy types are the same, everything you've seen. Um, but it's got a nice xenomorph skin on it, which is quite nice. Um, and uh, and I actually think the way they do like the skills and like the modifications, the skills and buffs is actually quite neat. It's kind of like a grid. You know, like old style, like RPGs, where you have to like fit stuff into your inventory based on like blocks, mm-hmm. like four blocks. This is two blocks, and you move everything around and you like shift it. It's like playing Tetris. Like that's like your skill grid, and you and you like drag and drop things on, and you place it on the left if you want to buy, modify your left skill and your right skill, and you like wow. try and make shit fit and like customize okay. and throw different things in there. I f- I found that was quite neat actually. I quite I I quite like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. Overall, it was, it was a pretty decent experience. Um, for its extraction, um, and apart from that, um, I haven't really been playing too much else. Uh, a bit Halo with the new event, which is good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've yabbered on a lot about my catch up, just because I've been playing new games for once. Hey. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, <laughs> so how's how's your how's how's your week been, man? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. I've just been sort of going um and playing uh Halo here and there. Um I very almost queued into sort of ranked yesterday. 
because um, I'm wanting to play mm. that a bit more. But I decided against it. I, <laughs> I just figured. So like you. Yeah. Um, okay. I just figured I'll wait. I'll be able to rope someone in eventually. Um, I'd always be up for it if you sent me a message. I know I was playing probably. I know I was playing Apex last night, but I'd I'd I'd, I'd be up for it if you sent me a message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I, I, I figured. I figured I'll um. <laughs> spare my sanity and not so like you into ranked um but yeah like you said i'm doing sort of the uh the event which has obviously the new game mode which is attrition uh so for those who haven't played it um it's kind of like a, a life you know a life bank sort of game mode i think you start with eight aside and then once that's out um you stop respawning but you can be revived for for your last sort of death um and honestly i, I think it plays quite well actually i think it plays quite well into um, infinite maps because um, I think I think generally the I think the map like times in infinite are really good in that you're kind of in, you know you're in a game and out of a game but they can be quite intense just because the maps are very small um, you know if we're talking like a team slayer they can be quite intense you know you're like you're usually a gunfighting like 60% of the game which I feel like is higher than most shooters you know um, maybe mm. even more Um and you know because it's you have a limited bank of lives not only does it have that effect of slowing down people's gameplay but to, as the game goes on it gets slower and slower because people start being more careful with with their lives so yeah i, I just think that slower yeah. slower sort of play actually does suit yeah, halo quite well and i'm excited to see you know in the achievements we've spoken about this before there, there's another game called elimination where it says you know revive through teammates in elimination or something presumably that's you know all the way to the other end where it's like just one life responds yeah. all the time um which I'm, i like i want to play that as well so i don't know if we'll get to play that next week or if this is something they have further down the line i, I don't know um i think mm. the files from, from having a look at the, some of the people i follow on twitter it looks like it might be king of the hill next week um oh, okay so I'll have to wait and see. i've never been a big fan of king of the hill game modes but i'll give it a go but I've never been a huge fan of them. They always <laughs> very spammy, <laughs> very well, very spammy. Well, yeah. From what I've read, this is the weird thing. From what I've read online, a lot of the a lot of the Halo bubble prefers King of the Hill to like strongholds. Um, oh really? That's a, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it is more of a classic, right? Like that that sort of stuff's been in in competitive arena shoes for a long time. King of the Hill, it's like a staple of that kind of. Um, old school arena shooter so you saw them all the time on previous halos so yeah. i guess maybe that's why um but i'm not a huge fan i mean they're fine don't get me wrong um but yeah i find most of the time you just you're just exploding <laughs> like that's it yeah i'm kind of in the same camp it's 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 fine i think overall i prefer the idea of strongholds where you have to keep moving um and king the hill is very much uh yeah. you know kill a person get into zone and then three grenades fall on your head and you explode. Um, and I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if there's a deeper strategy that I'm missing. Maybe you're supposed to like dip in and then rotate out. I'm not sure. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, that, supposedly that's the thing that might happen. Obviously, don't take my word on it. But I, from what I've seen on the people I follow that like do follow the code and everything like that, that seems to be the case. Um, and hopefully these game modes stay as well, because um, that, that, I know that's what the team at 343 have said, that that's what they wanted to do, introduce game modes with events and then leave them in after the event, which I think is a great idea. Just hopefully yeah. that's, that's what ends up happening and they don't get scared off by, you know, a decreasing player count and, and stop adding games. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, um, yeah, I, I I hope this this game mode becomes permanent. Um, this attrition one because uh, I actually agree. Um, I think it's probably one of my favorite game modes in in Halo Infinite right now. Um, I've had a really really good time on it. Um, like right from the get go, I actually said like the pacing just felt really nice, and I just I just really liked it. Um, I I I don't know if they need to do anything with like reses, like in a similar fashion to how like Destiny does it, where you know like you can like you get like a little shield if you res someone or the guy coming in has a little shield so he doesn't get spawn killed that much um i think you said the guy being respawned does have a little shield they seem to yeah they seem to something happens i don't know if it's like just just flat you know a second of invincibility or if it's like an overshield i I like a a rapidly decaying overshield i'm not sure um okay but yeah, having said that, I'm not sure because I always felt like Destiny reses were a bit busted. Like I felt like it was a bit dumb that you could kind of chain reses and like keep getting away with it just because everybody got over shields from doing that. So yeah, I'm not sure. Sometimes, I need to play a bit sometimes. more. Yeah, um, but I, I did. I did really like it, and I mm. do. I do hope they keep it. So, um, but yeah, moving the, on. The, well, yeah. But I just wanted to say because the event track was really cool as well. Um, it's probably one of the best so far. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually thought we we, we might go into that a little bit later. Um, oh sure, yeah, let's do it. But, but I mean, no, we can talk about it now. I don't know if you had a had a topic for it. But... Um, no, not really. <laughs> just other than the stuff that's kind of cool. Obviously, the stuff in the store is cool. We spoke about the store changes last week, and they came through, and it's yeah. like a, a flat, you know, fifty percent decrease. Um, but on yeah, all of it's, that, it's loads. Yeah, I mean they've they've done they've, like credit where credits due for a free to play game. In the last week or two, they've now announced not only have store prices decreased, like you said, quite substantially, um, to the point everything is a pretty pretty generous price now. Like it's, you're still spending money, a fair bit of money, but it's not like outrageous. Um, and then they also said that you you know you might be able to start earning premium credits just through playing the game now. I don't know if that's through the battle pass, similar to how Apex does it, um, and it will start next season, or if they're going to bake it into the game somehow. Mm. Um, but that's pretty that's pretty generous for a free to play title to do all that when this is their only revenue <laughs> and non and non expiring battle passes as well. Um, yeah, and non-expiring battle passes is it's, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty generous. It's just uh, yeah, it's just a shame that this first season is is a bit slow. But yeah, like you said, um, credit to them. <laughs> yeah, they they did. Nice. Jerry Hook confirmed on Twitter that credits will be earnable in season two's battle pass. So yeah, that's, oh that's, okay, that's, so that's it is that. And okay, yeah, we don't know obviously like the specifics of that if it's like because usually most. Uh, most games that use this model have like half of them in the free track and then half of them in the premium track. So you have to buy it to get enough to get the full yeah. thing back. We also don't know the amount of credits that will be earnable in it. Like we don't know if you'll get enough to buy another battle pass. But from what I've seen, the sen- like the sentiment online for this was really, really positive and especially positive because season passes don't ex- sorry battle passes don't expire. Like so, yeah. the, the fact that you could like be a couple of credits short, go back into a couple of seasons and start working on that one Finish and then start it. adding credits. You know, you could you could feasibly come back to Halo in like two years' time or get an Xbox Series S in two years' time and be like, whoa, look, there's like six season passes here. I can just work through these to get credits and then I have enough to buy next season's Battle Pass. You know? Yeah. 
So that's what, it it's makes awesome. that quite bold. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's what makes that quite good, um, quite good value in the long run. Uh, yeah, it's it is good. Um, so I mean, we'll have to wait and see. While we're on the topic, I guess we'll just get Halo out of the way. BTB is still fucking broken, and I'm kind of at the end of my tether <sighs> with this now, um, because I think they, there was a real good opportunity to like sort of squanch. That's not a word. Squanch. That's a Rick and Morty. <laughs> fucking squanch. Okay, yeah, squash. squash. <laughs> um, uh, squash kind of all of that kind of like that negative negativity that was kind of rolling because you know store changes were coming out. We had a new game mode. We had a good event pass that looked really good. Um, you know, just lots and lots of positive news. Uh, and then they rolled out the B two B fix, and it had like a very very mild improvement, but like you know like next. <laughs> Barely. And they said, like, within the next 12 hours after confirming that, that you know, the, the feedback, the like, sort of telemetry they're getting from that is looking positive for the next fix. But it's like, oh, this can't still be happening. It's just really irritating yeah. because I feel like every every week that goes by with this happening is a week that I'm not, we're not going to be able to get people back on for Battle Big Team Battle, even if it's just for a game or two, like, not to sit there and grind out for hours, but just like, hey, we're all bored, we're all sitting here, let's go play some B2B and have a laugh. And people are just going to be yeah. like, I don't know, I've kind of moved nah. on. And it's like, oh, fuck, God's sake. And like, you know, we said this before, people will probably come back in like later seasons, but because the next season is season two, like we're looking at May and it's like, well, actually I'm still, I still kind of want to play Halo and I'd like, I'd like to play it with my friends, but my friends understandably are losing uh, like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. engagement because it's just taken so long. So yeah, it, that's, that's that. It's, it's really annoying. Um, and I've had some of my funnest moments um, in the whole of 2021 um, playing BTB. Um, it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, you, you you can go back to like previous episodes that we we posted when um, when this game first came out and stuff like that. And oh my god, there was like ten of us in a party, all just fucking pissing ourselves with laughter. Yeah. Or um, just just straight sweating it and just like winning a game in like two minutes or something like that. Yeah. And just memeing, you know, like flying on like wasps and taking the flag and driving people back or all of us hopping inside of uh, one of those Razorbacks and just... Yeah. I mean, inevitably we just all explode, but it's just hilarious and just... I don't know, man. I just, it seems like such a long time ago. It almost feels like a different game. Yeah. I, I almost feel like that BTB I played was a different game. Like, I just feel like it doesn't exist anymore in this in this title. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It just, ugh, yeah, it's horrible, man. They, they really need to fix it. I know. And it, yeah, I know. And, it, and it, it's not like, you know, we said this before, it's not like they're not working on it. And, it, you know, they had the holiday period and the break and, you know, they had a big push to release the game early. That's fine. I think, you know, they must have been really confident that the game was like, you know, ship shape. So, and they had they had a strike force like working on it over the holiday period. Obviously, were unable to come to a, like a, a full solution until mm. this week. Uh, but yeah, like I said, that's the way I would describe it. I'm just I'm getting to the end of my tether with this with this thing being down because um, arenas can be quite sweaty, and a lot of people a lot of times people don't want to come on and play that. And you know, not to mention the, the complete like fuckery it's had on the challenge system because they said that for the next week or two, while they like really like I'm assuming they don't want this to happen again. So while they really make sure it's hammered and nailed down, they're going to remove BTV challenges from the pool, mm-hmm. which is like I can't believe it's coming to this. 
Um, so it's just a bit, it's just a bit irritating. Um, obviously, like the majority of the game, it's it's like still there and it's still fine, but it's working. But um, this is a particular mode where we have like a, a friend group which is usually larger than four, and I just feel like that there's been a missed opportunity here. Having, I mean. There's been a missed opportunity, to, I think, to have us dip, keep dipping back in. You know, having said that, I know some of our friends were getting wound up with BTB anyway, so we shouldn't have like rose tinted glasses, you know, because limited map pool yeah. and all of that. But you know, of course, you know, we, it's, so, it's not the sort of thing we we played for six, seven hours straight. No, but it's yeah. something we hopped on and had a good time with and stuff like that. So, and we've gone to other titles now as our default for that sort of thing, um, yeah. where we would be sharing the space with Halo Infinite. Um, yeah, you know. But it's got zero percent of our attention for big party games now. So yeah, you know, yeah, quite irritating. I mean, hopefully, hopefully they get some stuff out. It sounds like they're doing some some really good work internally on like on taking in feedback and you know adjusting the store prices and the credits and stuff like that. And you know, who knows for season two? You know, I I know they've mentioned about like rethinking the challenge system and um, which you know. I'm fine with them just kind of trimming down. Like I don't, I don't know what they plan on doing. And I don't. To be honest, you know, the feedback is so scattershot because you either get like Halo purists who just want like a clone of a Halo Three system or a clone of a Reach system. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's so the, the feedback's all over the place. But I'm okay with challenge systems as long as there's just less shit ones. <laughs> that just needs to be yeah. trimmed down. Um, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. Maybe that will change for the next season as well as what where I was going with that. So you'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Is there anything you wanted? To, anything else you wanted to touch on um, about Halo before we move on? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much covered everything. Halo. Um, I think for this week. Maybe. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, that's fine. So, so the only other thing I wanted to touch on um, in terms of what I've been playing was I just started uh, Hitman, the Hitman trilogy. I am. Um, mm-hmm. I I'd mentioned last week that I was going to start. I was quite excited to start playing next. It's coming to Games Pass, um, which was really good timing for me because I just wrapped up a couple of like games. So, like I, I said, I finished um, the Outer Wilds DLC, um, and uh, I played through like sort of the tra- uh, like the the prologue and the first like the training levels or whatever uh, tutorial, and then I did the first two levels. Um, which, by the way, I will add. I think the way they've done this is very good. It's like so the hit, this the Hitman Three launcher now has all of the Hitman games combined into one. But Hitman One and Two have had like a because they've kept like the same structure throughout all the games. They've just like gave, given all the games from Hitman One and Two like a graphical overhaul, and like they've kept uh-huh. in the mechanic. They've pulled in the mechanics from Hitman Three, so it just feels like you're playing a really long extended version of Hitman Three. Um, nice, which I think is really cool. Um, but think, yeah, and there's like you know one overlaying interface for the whole thing. I just think it was done quite well. Um, mm-hmm. But my experience so far has been like like mixed to good. Um, I like I don't know. I was expecting kind of a bit more like immersive simminess from from Hitman, but it, it, it's less that. It's it's very well thought out, but I'm not sure how well it's going to continue to click with me because. I had a good time in the first level, which was like this massive fashion show. And they're like, you know, two really rich people who are really influential, whatever. And there's this whole, you know, underground, like, uh, you know, dark political cabal story going on as well. Um, yeah. And that was really cool. And they were like, you know, in these things, there are so many different ways you can like eliminate the targets. And most of them involve like following story threads in the level so that you can do things like one of them. I didn't fully figure it out, but one of them in the first level in the fashion show, 
was to become like one of the the um the the people who go on the on the catwalk because they look just they looked oh, really yeah. similar to you um and i was like wow that, i'm interested to see how that kind of played out that would be fun um anyway and that mission was quite good you know got to the end of it popped them both and, and got out um and then the second one was like this big villa like in italy and it is like this massive villa like an island um and it was just so big that it was like i killed one target and it was really cool like poisoned a champagne glass got rid of her easy peasy. yeah it was great and then after that i just got, got lost and i was like i was just going around in circles and circles and circles <laughs> because i just couldn't figure out like where even because the place was just so big i don't know maybe it was just like that level but man i was on it for so long and i was like i am so bored i cannot figure out because the one guy i was like meant to be killing would just like go back and forth between two points with like a convoy of bodyguards around him. And it's like, well, I can't do anything. Um, and yeah, it just, it just got really, really boring. Eventually I figured out, I like kept exploring um, and like on the side of an island, there was like a little attachment to the island and there was like ruins and there was a cannon there and I found a cannonball and I found gunpowder and I fucking launched a cannonball at him. And that was actually a really like satisfying way to kill him because I could not figure out how to do it. And it had this direct like shot on him. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that was really cool. So yeah, it's kind of mixed to good. I just think it's weird that the it's it's not immersive simian. I think I was expecting it to be um, like you know kind of dishonored and that you have this toolbox of stuff that you use and that kind of creates layers and layers of stuff of how uh, how kind of that that interacts with the with the world. But the games kind of encourage you to like you figure out how to complete the missions by exploring rather than yeah. by being creative. And I think that's like yeah. the, the difference in what I was expecting. Like you, you have to go to these different points to find a story thread to be like, oh, this is how I can like become a chef, and then I can take a shit in the soup, and that will kill him. <laughs> you know, yeah, stuff like yeah. that, rather than like, oh, I've got this list of things, and I can just try to be creative to take out my target. So I guess, yeah, I'm gonna try another couple of levels and see how it goes, um, and then I'll report back next week. <laughs> but yeah, it's like mixed just... to good. Yeah. Just, just sounds a bit too, um, a bit too daunting. It's that classic, like, it's like when you hop into a massive RPG, um, and there's just so, it's just like, you got like ten side quests, you got like fifty different directions to go, and then you got the main story, and you just feel like, you feel like it's wasted potential if you don't do one of one of the fifty things it's given you. So you, I, I know, kind of like, there's just too much going on. Yeah. Um, it is that a little bit, but it's also the sense that like ju- just the, the design of the missions is more like like for most of these guys, like I I couldn't just walk up to the target and pop a gun in their head and leave, you know, because for for reasons Boo. X, Y, and Z, you know, like um, would you because, really want that though? <laughs> no, I I guess not. It's just I would like I would like it to be a bit more creative than. It's hard to say, you know. I sample sizes too small. Yeah. I, I like. But, but like because what they do at the end of the at the end of the level they like show you this massive grid of like all of like the story threads that have happened and the ones light up showing you the ones that you hit um, yeah. which I think is really like cool to be honest I like when games show me my missed decisions I kind of I like that otherwise mm-hmm. it, otherwise it's easy to feel like an illusion um, and but fuck there's so many of them there's like forty per level and it's like yeah. I don't understand how I wandered around this level for like forty five minutes and didn't find any of this. Like, so that, yeah. that really confused me. So I was like, because 
yeah, like I said, maybe it was just that second level and the design of it and the, the way things were distributed. But, like, because the first kill I got, like I said, I poisoned the champagne. I was just exploring and, like, the, you know, the game signposted me from thing X to Y to Z until I came to that conclusion. Mm. And then that was something. And that felt really good. But after that, I didn't have yeah. anything like that. Um, yeah. I felt. And that was just really frustrating because I couldn't. I couldn't even end the mission if I wanted to, even if it was a sloppy kill. Like I just couldn't. Yeah. I had to. I had to like go out my way to like look, and it just took ages. So that, sometimes, that's really yeah, sometimes it's good to have. It's, it's a hard balance between having too much hand holding and none, right? Like sometimes you need a you need a little bit of a nudge just to be like, you know, why don't you go to the bar and have a drink, sort of thing. You know, just nudge you just a little bit. Um, to the point where, like you said, you just got frustrated because you have, you feel like you have, and you know you have so many options, but you're not finding any. And you're thinking, am I just fucking dumb? Like, what's going on? Is, has the game glitched? I don't know. You're just like, yeah, you're just in like limbo. You're in this horrible limbo. And you just don't know. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I do kind of get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think it would have been, it would have been nice because like there's like a map and like a, a corner map as well, you know, and it's just like mostly useless. And I just feel like it would be nice if there was just like giant question marks, you know, in, in areas, you know, just doesn't have to tell me exactly where things are, but just like there's a point of interest yeah. here. And because there and mm. from what when I was looking through the map, I was like trying to look to see if I missed anything or if there were some somewhere I can go to maybe have a look at Leeds. But there was there was nothing like that, and it just left me a bit like just a bit lost for a while. And, because the game is quite slow, like, you know, you mostly walk everywhere and you can jog, but it takes ages to go from point A to point B. You have to, like, you know, not get spotted and, like, make sure, like, some places you need yeah. to be, like, uh, you need to either have a card for clearance or you need to be dressed as the appropriate yeah, person to be late. So it's, like, it's not an easy thing going from point, like, to explore is actually a bit of a nuisance unless you have, like, a goal in mind. So, that, yeah, that's, I think all of that combined together just made that a bit frustrating. And maybe it was, at several points I was considering, shall I just restart this mission? Because, like, maybe yeah. I've just come, like, a dumb way. Uh, but after the first kill, I thought I had. But anyway, yeah, I'll... um. I'll um I'll I'll try the next few levels and see how it goes. Maybe this just wasn't for me, which I think would be a bit weird because I I like IO as a studio and I know these games are really well received. But you know maybe this is just isn't this isn't what I thought it would be. So I'll have to see. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, keep us posted. Yeah, that was that's pretty much it though. I did play like the opening maybe forty five minutes an hour of Nobody Saves the World, which has reviewed pretty well. Came okay, I think it's on an eighty at the moment. Um, which is great yeah. from Drinkbox devs of Guacamelee. So I think those guys make really sick games. Uh, and I liked what I played so far. It was like a lot heavier on like the RPG, RPG elements than I thought it would be. Like, yeah, it's like most of the game is driven by completing challenges and leveling up. Uh, there are even doors that like don't let you through until you hit a certain level. And you literally have a scroll mm. on the side of the screen that's like complete these challenges. And it, you know, so okay. which um, I wasn't expecting, but it, it works surprisingly well. Um, so yeah, I, I liked how it felt so far. It's quite, it's quite funny, and it's got this very like, uh, like charming sort of vibe to it. So yeah, um, that that seems quite fun so far. I'll, I'll probably play that again, just to, if not just for the achievements um, <laughs> soon. I'm not sure if we said this. Is it only single player? No, it does have co-op. We we did have that. Uh, epiphany yeah, last week yeah but it's from what i've checked it seems to be like 
host and guest co-op. So, lame. Yeah, yeah a bit lame. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it for for our weeks, I suppose. So, I mean, let's let's adjust. Uh, let, let's address, I suppose, the giant, giant uh, skyscraper-sized <laughs> elephant in the room, um, which nah. is. <laughs> which is of course the the follow-up to sort of the uh, the activision blizzard acquisition Woo! we did if you Whoa. haven't seen yeah yeah well if you haven't seen already we did a, an emergency meeting last well earlier in the week um to sort of react to this and have a quick chat about this so go and have a go and have a look at that if you kind of are interested in reactions um but other than that, you know, stuff. This is going to be an ongoing story. Obviously, you know, if you think about the amount, the amount of conversation that the Bethesda acquisition got, this is going to be like that, but worse, um, <laughs> and for longer. So, I think I've got several new stories here, sort of pertaining to this and relating to it. You know, not not only relating to follow ups on the acquisition itself, but to, to to the ripple it's had on the industry and and kind of like sort of commentators as well um so i think you know firstly and probably most importantly because we weren't sure on these details before but it it seems that um bobby kotick is due to leave after the deal has gone through um which i know has been like a sore spot for a lot of people Hallelujah. But, but also yeah that, that is a good thing i think you know it's a no i think it's it's, it's dick it's sore for some people because you know somebody like this is going to get away with like a 10 billion package, you know, and they're already like a, in the, the true, 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 in the 300 like millionaire range, you know, do you know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. is annoying for people that they, I guess it's more the feeling that justice isn't going to be, that isn't going to be served. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I think this is one of those, if there's anything you can take away from, like this whole acquisition, regardless of how you feel about kind of mergers, acquisitions, consolidation, monopolies, general capitalism, is that not having a prick in charge is probably going to be good. We can probably trust Phil Spencer, who has like a proven track record of being a pretty good dude and like being quite inclusive and diverse in the company, yeah. of being a better leader than, than Bobby Kotick. So, you know, if there's anything, yeah. we can at least be thankful that the welfare of these people is probably going to be... Uh, improved exactly at the end of the day we've 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 got these guys under our wing now and we've removed the cancerous tumor that is that man um and and you know i guess that's one way to put it that is one way um, to put it because <laughs> he is he's a fucking penis but yeah no there, there, there is that whole you, you kind of wish something something worse happens to someone like that but hey you know I'm not mm. one to dispense law and justice. So. Yeah, exactly. Although you should be. <laughs> Although when the sun goes down, I do. Uh, I do put on a costume and uh, try my try my dandest to keep Felbridge clean. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> good for you, dude. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're fighting the hard fire. That's what counts. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Oh, fuck, where was I going with this? So I haven't got this on the notes, but um, I they just prompted me. Uh, Raven, Raven Software have officially unionized. Um, and I know there's been like a lot of talks about like unionizing in the games industry because it hasn't really happened. And this is the first instance of a team in the games industry unionizing ever, uh, you know, because... Oh, wow. And I'm not, I, I really don't... I really am not entirely clued up on the whole ins and outs of unionizing. 
But, you know, obviously what this means is that the team had been in com- conversations for a while about creating a union to protect themselves, uh, to have someone to represent them towards the company and the organization. And they've officially, you know, they've done that now. So, um, yeah. considering the expected time of closure on the deal is like June 2023 or like that's the latest. It makes sense that they, you know, it's not like they would have seen this acquisition last week and be like, should we just stop? You know, should we just stop? Yeah. You know, you know, they're still going to be under Cotting for a while and there's still going to be a lot of people in, you know, Activision Blizzard is like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands, you know, there's still going to be people in there who are going to be causing issues, whether that's management or HR, whatever it is. So, you know, the unions, I think, are useful regardless um, until all of this kind of is is um, tackled at a, at a higher level. So, mm. yeah, it's just worth pointing out um, but that that was something that had happened. Um, yeah. Okay, so into sort of the more platformy stuff. Um, this was really interesting. So allegedly, um, Activision Blizzard, it, it, it's since come out, uh, approached Microsoft. They, I, what was it? They had... I think it was something like Microsoft had spoken to them about a potential acquisition like last year. And they said, nah. And then as the year came to an end and the stonks got lower and lower, they offered to EA uh, and they offered to someone else. I don't think it was you, maybe take two. They they both said no. And then they ended up coming back to Microsoft, who of course oh, took, wow. took the deal. So I just think it was quite funny that Activision Blizzard wanted to sell. Well, I mean, if, Everybody who gets acquired wants to sell. <laughs> it's like a hostile takeover. Hmm. But you know what I mean? Like if they initiated it, it's not like it wasn't the other way around. Um, okay. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, that is quite interesting. Um, and I mean, was there anything in the news about us approaching Activision um, like a while back then? I, I, I seem to, I, I can't remember anything about um, Xbox dipping their toes in for a potential acquisition. Um, in the past with these guys well for active active no no, no that's that was yeah not known, not known information oh okay it was just completely private yeah because i know there was like there was like beats and you know potential um around like ubisoft wasn't it that we were we were looking into like ubisoft but then suddenly this just came out of nowhere which was kind of crazy um okay yeah no, it's very interesting that they they approached um xbox um, yeah, because I think it gives a whole other angle to kind of the, um, <clears throat> you know, that 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 angle of like, oh, Xbox is just trying to like corner the market and like kill their competition. It's like, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, there's something to be said about it, which we will get into. But you know, considering they wanted to sell and nobody else wanted to sell, like, but like, do you find it interesting that they that they never went to Sony? Why didn't they never go to Sony for a potential acquisition? If they tried EA and they tried who else that you said? What not was the other enough. one you said? Uh, and Sony's just not big enough, really. Does it take two? No. Sony... Uh, uh, Activision Blizzard's net worth is like the same as Sony's. Sony's like... Seven, yeah. uh, sorry, or PlayStation, should I say. You know, not Sony. Uh, I think. But I, I, I remember seeing this stat it's somewhere. Re- it's relatively close, I think, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing this stat somewhere that it's like, it's like 70 bill. Like PlayStation's worth is seventy bill, and Xbox just like they can't spe- like you know, and like people have been saying that Sony are going to look to like sh- might be looking to uh, 
that's not true. Sony might should look to do something, you know, and again, there's this whole argument of back and forth. Do Sony need to do like a counter punch to this? Um, and they would just do that by lending mm-hmm. money, essentially, or, you know, borrowing money because they can. And um, because they're just, you know, the fact of the matter is Sony just aren't on the same level as Microsoft. And that's not even me being a little, little fan bitch. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of fact, you know, okay. Microsoft okay. Have, have been around and they, you know, they do stuff with, with office that gives them that can afford them. They're in the trillion, you know, they're a trillion dollar company. You know, I think they've gone back up to being the most profitable, like, you know, most profitable, um, industry in the world. So, you know, we're obviously it's apples to oranges with the comparison, but yeah, that's why Sony to PlayStation straight yeah. couldn't afford it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so something else that came out this week that was kind of interesting was our boy Philly cheesesteak, Phil Spencer, said that he wants to let Activision work on older IP, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I did actually, I wanted to have a look at, I think because I think last week we did sort of discuss sort of some of those older IP, and I think you know, I'm not too familiar with the suite of Activision IP. Other than what we've already discussed, like the obvious, the big stuff like Spyro and Crash and Tony Hawk, um, but there's a couple of like interesting ones in there for a couple of reasons. Firstly, is Sekiro, um, but there's like some funniness with that because Activision did publish it, but I'm not sure if like the licensing is owned by if like the IP is owned by Activision or by From Software. Oh, okay. So that is interesting. Yeah, because I could imagine that being something that Xbox would want to leverage to, you know, when PlayStation inevitably gets a Bloodborne 2, you know, it's going to happen one day. Um, yeah. Where Xbox contracts them out to make a Sekiro do, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. If, like I said, if, if, uh, FromSoft have the rights to that, maybe that won't happen or maybe that would just end up being a multi plat again. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then there's also two being exclusive would be huge. Yeah, and then if you remember back in the day, um, Activision actually used to make all of the uh, like all of those older Spider-Man games. You know, where it's Web of Shadows or the what was the cartoony one? Uh, one that we used to play, Ultimate Spider-Man, something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man, they're like Venom as well. Um, those games yeah. and like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, they were all Activision games. Um, yeah. So, like, so those are some interesting IPs that just come to my mind. Um, mm. But it, it, nonetheless, you know, we had this conversation when we had the reaction that someone's got to work on these games, Phil. Or hopefully it's going to be those Call of Duty teams. But, you know, um, I think this is great. I think this is this is great that some of that IP can be revisited. Um, but at the same time, I'm already pissed off that Xbox isn't tapping into their own IP. So like, you know, um, you know, like we still haven't, we're still quite far away from a fable that's taken long enough. Um, but then there's like, you know, a lot of the older IP that they own, even through rare, you know, like Banjo Kazooie. Um, and I'm sure there's other, I know people have been asking for like a Viva Pinata, you know, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they're, they're already sitting on a gold mine of IP. Um, and now this just turns it into a, a diamond mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, were you talking about just getting potentially some of the studios that for example works on like Spyro and Crash to potentially help or take up 
uh, a mantle of an Xbox IP like Boo Pinata or something like that. But I mean, we already have, but we already own the studios that make those anyway, unless they're like just supporting the, yeah. the making of of uh, like a, a new Viva Pinata or a new Banjo Kazooie. Um, yeah, but yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I mean one of them. One of one of the ones I've seen a lot of people talk about because this is weird because this is weird like because a lot of like of old Activision used to be um, like had a lot of integration with like ID article ID which is obviously now owned under Bethesda which Xbox now owns as well and one of those games was something called Hexen now I I know there's probably going to be people listening to this podcast that are going to be like rolling their eyes right now uh, because we're like dirty little millennials but like I don't know I didn't know about Hexen until I heard, like heard other people speak about it but. Hexen was essentially like a medieval doom uh, with like spells and swords and, you know, magic. Uh, and I watched some gameplay of it and, you know, it very much does look like that. But it, it looks fucking cool. And like, if, you know, supposedly, and it has like a very like Dark Soulsy feel in terms of like the design and the, um, uh, the kind of, uh, you know, like structure of, of the progression and everything. And I think that it, it kind of got me thinking, I was like, wow, you know, a first person shooter with like the lifted bonfire mechanics and like soul mechanics of a Souls game would actually be really cool. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I felt like that would just work um, really well. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've never heard of, what was it? Hexen? Hexen. Yeah, that's right. Hexen. Yeah. Hexen. Yeah, I've, I've I've never heard of it, but yeah, I mean, if 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 that can be adapted, um, to be yeah, like that sort of first person, um, high fantasy spells and swords, fucking RPG, um, that could be awesome. But then, like, I don't know, I don't know we've already got games like Avowed like that coming up. Um, I mean, Avowed might not be a Dark Soulsy type game. Sure, it might not go down that difficulty route, like, but um, it's a it's a very very similar setting, I guess. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's it, it's important to just clarify that you know Hexen was more from what I've seen. It was more like it was shooty. It was shooty shooty. It, it's not like it's like Doom. It's like Doom except instead of guns, you have like staffs that fire out like like lightning bolt projectiles and swords that you swing oh, okay. and like green fire comes out, you know, like shit like that. Oh, so it's not actually like melee combat. Not really. It's still sort of ranged and still... Mostly. Okay. Yeah, Mostly. that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is that, um, you know, and obviously there are other things like uh, Guitar Hero um, as well. Um, cool. Starcraft. I know nothing about Starcraft. Do you know anything about Starcraft? Uh, uh No. Not really. Um, it's not. It's not a MOBA, is it? No. Is pre- it a MOBA? No, I'm pretty sure it's a. Um... No, it's not. It's it's like an Age of Empires type game, isn't it? It's like an RTS. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like RTS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've obviously I've heard of it, and I know it's 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 popular and people like it, but no, I've never actually um, never played it. Mm. Uh, I have seen gameplay of it, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's that, pretty cool. I know there's a lot of love for that for that IP. Um, and yeah, it's like kind of it's like kind of space marine-y, I think, from what I understand. Uh, but but like kind of World of Warcrafty as well, like you know, in the sense that it's kind of like classical fantasy um, with some yeah. sci-fi in there. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's kind I of think my it's like loads of factions and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's it, it's very much Warhammer in space RTS, Warhammer space RTS thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then something like Prototype cool. as well was something we looked at, um, which was a bit of a fun one. Yeah, I always actually had quite a lot of re- um, respect for those kind of games. Mm. Um, I thought they were pretty cool. I thought those those sort of games were probably. Um, I feel like under under a good studio, a game like that could thrive quite nicely. Um, not that they were poorly made previously. Um, I do think, obviously, the tech and just the generation they were built in held it back a bit as well. Um, but a, a game like that definitely has potential to be pretty cool. It could be like Xboxes, like Infamous, you know, like on a similar level, because um, I feel like they're quite similar style games. Yeah, if only Xbox had another open world sort of game that definitely hasn't been butchered and doesn't have Terry Crews in it. Oh, freaking <sighs> crackdown! Terrible, <laughs> terrible job with that third one. <laughs> but hey, I don't, I, I don't know if it's a dead IP. Just because you have a bad installment, I don't think Crackdown is just dead forever. But it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to come back from that. Like I, with all of what, with what we've just spoken about, with all of the IP that Xbox is now sitting on, I can't see any good reason to put a team on a Crackdown for like. There probably is some universe where you can make an argument for it, but not in the same universe when we've got, you know, Bethesda and Activision under Xbox as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think I, at this point, they're probably better off just giving a, a complete remake over to, like, Crackdown 2. Just new, like, but building that on a new engine. Yeah. I actually think that's probably a better way to revitalize the series than doing a Crackdown 4. I just want the whole nice. thing rebooted, man. If they did it, I just want the whole thing. Re- That's what I was expecting three to be. They went for this whole like kind of, you know, uh, let's make it like the old ones, and it's like nobody wants that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like keep the fundamental like elements of the of the like, uh, like design, like orbs, and that you level up. But other than that, don't make it janky climbing buildings because that was never the like highlight of the game. Uh, yeah, no. I don't know. I, just, I feel like it's such a missed opportunity, but whatever. Um, okay. Well, there was a Prototype 2? Yeah, I played it. Really? Yeah. It's kind of worse than the first one. Hmm. It was okay. They're, they're okay games. Um, they definitely fulfill that... Um, they kind of like fulfill that power fantasy that I think a lot of players would like because they literally just set you loose on a city and you just have like crazy alien powers and you can just kind of do whatever you want. You know, similar to how Crackdown sort of fulfilled that power fantasy for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I do think something like that could be pretty cool. Um and it's and like I said, it's it's very similar to something like Infamous, which is pretty big on PlayStation. I think it's actually one of their biggest um, IPs. To be honest, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm surprised they haven't done another Infamous actually, because uh, Second Son was really was really quite popular. So I'm surprised they haven't got another one well, announced. Who, or who's the developers for Infamous? Because if it's Insomniac, you know why. I, 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 I can picture their logo. Was it Insomniac? Because I was just say the answer is basically just Spider-Man. Like, 
that's why there's not another infamous. Uh, sucker Punch. Oh, Sucker Punch. So, same team that did... Um, sucker Punch. Ghost of Tsushima. Sucker Punch and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yeah, so they're quite. They're still pretty cosy. They're, they're cosy with PlayStation. I'm surprised they haven't done that. So yeah, well, they're, they're they're part of they're part of PlayStation. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cozy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really see a space for Infamous while they're churning out Spider Man. To be honest, but yeah, I guess so. They are. They've got the. They are di- different <laughs> in their own ways. They are, of course, but like they've got the the de facto open world IP that you could ever have. Like you know, it's, it's just like I don't know. Unless they do like a, so. a big break from Spider Man, or they're like, we're done with Spider Man as a character now. We'll move on to like a different character, like in the Marvel universe. If that's what they're gonna do. Um, well, yeah, you're gonna be swinging around on with Wolverine claws, <laughs> of course, in a, in a year or two. How about a stretchy Wolverine claws? <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess like on the other side of this isn't just the Activision stuff, but it's the Blizzard stuff as well. Um, you know, and yeah. I think I think that's probably the part that we're in agreement that is arguably the the most exciting part because Blizzard do quality games, uh, and I I've always like quite liked their style as well. And in Joe, it's, it's absolutely fucking mental. Like I'm looking at like just the stuff that they make. It's like it's crazy to think that Blizzard is under Xbox now. That that kind of blows my mind. Um, and that's really the side of this acquisition, which kind of I feel is is the most exciting to me. You know, we've said before that like Overwatch is something we've put a lot of time into in the past. Hearthstone is something we've put a lot of time into in the past. Um, World of Warcraft is something I've always wanted to get into, but I just don't really play on PC. You know, a port of that to Xbox with obviously bundle the subscription package into Games Pass. I, I'm raising an eyebrow. Like, you know, um, so I think all of this stuff is really exciting. Um, to me, especially especially on the Blizzard IP front. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, nothing's more exciting for me than Winston being the new face <laughs> of Xbox. God, <laughs> you can only hope. The new, the new mascot, Winston. Master yeah. Chief just takes off his helmet and it's Winston. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Hello, time. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, obviously, it's, it's very exciting. Um, I yeah, I mean Overwatch Two is a weird one for me though. I I don't I don't know why there's an Overwatch Two still, I, and everyone's just kind of the same but a little bit older. Um, I don't know I don't know my vibe on that game right now. Uh, it's it's a little bit weird, but I we we love the first one. Um, some of the crispiest shooting and team play and character designs I've ever played um, in a game to be honest. Um, so that's that's pretty damn hype. And uh, and yeah, I think I would 100%, mate, if they threw like Hearthstone into Games Pass, that'd be so sick. And it perfectly fits Games Pass too, because it's just, it's just upsell, right? It's just a game where they're like, hey, here's a little starter deck and people play against each other and all that kind of shit. And you play online. And well, Hearthstone is free, isn't packs. it? Yeah, it is free, yeah. But like it just like those games just go perfectly into Games Pass. Any game that has upsell is perfect in Games Pass. Um, and I mean, I, I'm not sure if the tech is there for such an advanced graphical game. Series X can't run on Xbox, but 
mate, that'd be kind of cool, and I'd a hundred percent get back in in the, into Hearthstone again. Um, if I could just like hop in a party with friends and duel each other or play online with each other and stuff like that, Hearthstone's a fucking excellent game. Yeah. Um, and if they could do a thing where you can carry over your decks because of your Blizzard account, which is now technically your Xbox account, you can link it with your Microsoft account. I can keep all my cards, which I spent five hundred pounds on. That would be also excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people talk about that because you know how obviously Xbox has been trying to go to PC to like you know moderate success, but the Windows launcher, from what we understand, like fucking sucks. We don't use it, but like I hear a lot of complaining about it, despite a couple of reworks. Do you know what Blizzard has? The Battle.net launcher, and that's something I have used in the past, and I've had really good experience with. Like I said, my like frame of comparison isn't that good. Everybody raves about Steam, but I think Steam's kind of meh. So like I don't, I I'm clearly not like. Mm. <laughs> wise on this but um you know if they just like dumped or fused like the windows launcher with the battle net to how it is you know and then they're like just put all the stuff on that storefront and then you know like you say you know create yeah. that sort of cross play in that account uh integration with with the xbox ones and you know you've got yourself like a, a recipe for success yeah for sure yeah it isn't all about the game sometimes it is it's, it is about just like the linking of accounts and cross-platform and stuff like that like that's so cool. Um, and now that I think about it, I genuinely think like Hearthstone's actually up there for one of my hypest things. If they could somehow get that onto Xbox, mm-hmm. I think that'd be actually be really, really cool. Um, which is weird to say, it's just a card game, right? But like people are like, it's a mobile game. It's like, well, it's not. It's actually awesome. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then obviously, yeah, World of Warcraft. Obviously, it's quite the ordeal hopping into that right now, especially if we'd never played it before. Like, my God, I feel like their games had more expansions than games I've completed. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it would be quite daunting, but I'd definitely give it a go. Um, I've always kind of wanted to. It would be kind of cool to get like a port of that, you know. There's so there's so much potential, and then don't even get me started on Diablo. Like, what's what's happening with that? Like, is is the next one going to be exclusive? Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, it'd be kind of fucking big. This, yeah, it would be. But this is this is kind of the thing. I think you know, it really does depend on what comes first. Like, is the is the deal going to close, or is Overwatch two or Diablo four going to come first? Because I I do genuinely think if I think if, the deal will close first. if the deal closes first, I think we've got a real conversation about Overwatch two and Heroes of the Storm being exclusive. Heroes of the Storm. Hello? No, well, Diablo 4. Technically, you're not wrong. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Diablo 4. Diablo 4. I'm looking at Heroes of the Storm at the moment. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we do have a real chance of that happening, um, which is obviously kind of huge. But, you know, they'll want to get ahead of it in terms of the marketing so everybody. So it's crystal clear. This game's only coming to Xbox and PC. You better get an Xbox. Um, yeah. So we'll have to see. And I think, you know, this is where I was coming with this next was Heroes of the Storm as another Blizzard IP, which is something I have dipped my toes in before in the past. And I know is like generally thought, like, even though it's not on the upper echelon of MOBAs, it's like critically yeah. very well received. Like it's got an 86 on Metacritic, uh, came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like when I had tried it, it had some really interesting character designs like in terms of like how they play i think it was this one where one of them was like a two-headed ogre and two players would control them instead of one so you'd have one less player on the team but you the two of you would play one 
Uh, but they're obviously like fucking like a like a raid boss. Um, yeah. So I just thought that sort of stuff was really experimental and really interesting. And, you know, we've been speaking about this idea of having like a, uh, a platform fighter. Like in the sense of, you know, because Xbox has so much IP, they can have like the next Killer Instinct have like Chief and Marcus and, and you know, like the Dragonborn. And well, now they've got Heroes of the Storm. Doom guy. The Doom guy. They've got Heroes of the Storm that already has that like, here's of the storm has like genji and tracer in it for example already you know if yeah. this if this got like a big overhaul ported to console and also look at this chief and doom guy are, are characters as part of this now um i think that that could suit this kind of integration really well as well so yeah oh yeah for sure are you talking about literally just you talk about Microsoft having Killer Instinct as their platform fighter and having just a, a, a roster of characters to it. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like in the future, you know, supposedly there is a, a Killer Instinct 2 in the works right now. But yeah, like it's just having that access to more IP. Like, yeah, just make it a Killer Instinct game and then like, you know, more combat games too. Just add Xbox IPs to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that would be sick. Mate, I'd, I'd love to see some of those characters inside of a fighting game. Um, yeah, for sure, and I think Killer Instinct's actually be the the route to go as well. Um, I think I think Killer Instinct being, you know, the fight the fighter uh, that everyone goes to, that everyone knows is exclusive for Xbox and stuff like that. I think I think that's a I think that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I like Killer Instincts. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any other IP right now. I think we've covered most of them in terms of the Activeless stuff. Um, I mean, Warcraft, I yeah. guess, is another popular one. But from what I understand, they did like a remaster of one recently, which really sucked. Did I, if I remember that right, if you do recall, because Warcraft isn't Warcraft like another RTS kind of thing. Um, uh, I'm, not, I'm not. No, I don't really know too much okay. about this. No, that's fine. And I like that. We're not even, you know, talking about what they've got in in development. Um, you know, like Blizzard. I didn't know this because when we spoke about the teams in our reaction video, like how many teams are under Blizzard? Blizzard have like five teams, uh, but they're just called Team One, Two, Three, and Four and Five. Like they're just numbered instead of having names. So it made it quite hard for me to like get my head around that. So you know, and obviously, like one is Overwatch, one is Hearthstone, one is uh, Heroes of the Storm. Overwatch and you know I'm sure they're working on other stuff as well but you know I think that is a very very exciting prospect as well all unannounced stuff possibly going exclusive um, mm. or you know I say and you know I need to clarify this every time I say it when I say oh it's exciting that it's going exclusive what I mean is it's exciting that it's coming to Games Pass and getting optimised for my console of choice <laughs> like, I'm not excited that nobody else yeah. gets to play it I like you know PlayStation doesn't get to play it I'm just excited that you know it comes to Game Pass and gets optimised for my console so Sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess you know, there's, there's a big up thumbs up from me for Philly. Yeah, I think he, he says some really like bold stuff on like Twitter sometimes. It's just like, yep, we're gonna like, <laughs> we're gonna like allow you to go through IT, and it's like, thanks, Philly. It's like, what, what's on everyone's <laughs> mind? He's he always it's, he strikes me as a guy who always has his finger on the pulse kind of thing. You know, it's like what everyone's talking about, and then he always like has something to say about it. Um. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure he kind of understands how how these things have an impact on uh, on gamers' lives, and yeah, what people are thinking and stuff like that. I'm sure. I'm sure he he kind of gets that. Yeah. Philly's a gamer. He knows what he's doing. He's a he's a gamer. He is. We all know. He's it. a fucking gamer. I saw this. It was really funny. Actually, I saw this tweet. Um, 
that was a showed Phil playing Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, like straight after the acquisition, <laughs> and somebody was like, "This is the equivalent to like testing your new car after buying it, <laughs> like test driving it after yeah. buying it." <laughs> yeah, was he upset? Was he just like, "What the fuck? What have I done?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got some work to do. Boys. I want a refund. <laughs> Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard is not my uh, it's not the best card no okay in the wake of the acquisition uh, we also had some news that uh, <laughs> Sony's market share dropped by 9.6% which is the equivalent to 20 billion dollars which is such such a rip like, well I didn't Philly could probably just chuck over a quick 20 bill and get it back on track <laughs> yeah exactly Sorry, lads. Here you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Nothing personal. Hard feelings. Um, which is, you know, obviously crazy, and and it, and it speaks to, you know, I think it's funny because when we when we speak about like the console wars, which obviously like I is dumb, but there is like a financial element to this, and I think everybody needs to understand that that even though Xbox are clearly view themselves as like fighting on a different league than what Sony is, like by making a, a acquisition that's the same as their net worth. Um, you know, shareholders still see competition between PlayStation and Xbox. And like when this stuff happens and shares fluctuate, you know, it's clear that it, you know, there's there's still like pretty fervent competition here. And so acquisitions and these exclusivity deals, as much as they kind of can kind of suck for a lot of people, like, you know, it's still important, clearly, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I don't really, I don't really know what to, uh, how to, how to follow up with that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know. It's kind of hard to to see, like, see it from Sony's point of view, I guess, and stuff like that. Like, I wonder, like, because of the drops in that, like. Why? Why do you think that all dropped? Like, is it like what do you think people were like thinking when they saw Xbox do something like that? I do you think it was literally a case of just like this is David versus Goliath? Like, this is kind of looking at this is looking a bit grim, or was it? And it's just like, I mean, these things always happen. Like, um, it fluctuates so much when big things happen like this, and then it stabilizes again. You, you 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 kind of see it all the time because people panic when when stuff like this happens with the the initial impact of it and then the aftermath kind of settles. But yeah, yeah, I reckon this was a big head in hands. Oh fuck! Moment for a lot of the execs yeah. at PlayStation, like without a doubt. But I, I I guess I'm I'm more speaking to the wider point of like we view as we view certain moves by these big companies as like uh sometimes petty or sometimes like fanboy you know like like we've spoken and we will speak about this more like you know the angle that sony takes with these timed exclusivity lockups and the angle that now xbox is taking with just straight acquisitions you know and mm-hmm. you know we have this kind of like moral standing on it of like oh you know i don't think that's okay i don't think this is okay and you know ultimately i think this sort of stuff shows that the people who are you know have access to all of that money do agree that this stuff is important, you know, uh, you know, whether you like that or not, you know, that is kind of the, 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 the fact of the matter, you know, and that's just me, you know, again, this is just me trying to be consistent because, you know, when we speak about it in a bit, I'm going to be pretty clear that I don't like 
I don't like Sony's timed exclusive angle. I think it's really stupid. I think it's really unfair. But you know, at the same time, as if the you know the I'm sure there's other PlayStation podcasts out there that are saying the exact opposite. You know, doing timed exclusivity deals are, are very very fair because it doesn't lock stuff down entirely. But you know, yeah. buying stuff is just swinging your weight around unfairly. You know, for for a large company. You know, yeah. so that that's all. It's just me trying to acknowledge and you know think that. I, you know the, the the shareholder perspective very much does see this kind of these what we view as fanboy moves as actual as actual uh, market moves, you know, regardless of how we frame it in kind of the you know fanboy or not way. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and and yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that argue the way that that Xbox and Microsoft are doing it is actually a little bit more toxic. Um, and stuff like that, but I, I, I don't know, man. There's just something. There's something about a, a, an acquisition, and like you said, throwing your weight around, and blah blah. We just have it. We own them now. Fine, whatever. But like, there's just something about timed exclusives that just feels it. It just feels so weaselly, dude. I just feel like I there's like just like a knife in my back that's constantly being twisted, and it's it's like a carrot dangling, right? Where like. Something like a, a, an acquisition is just boom done. You know, buy a PC, Xbox. If you want these the, this sort of stuff in the future, fine. It's set in stone. But the way Sony does it, it's just it's awful. Like there are so many times where I'm like, oh, this is the year for Final Fantasy VII for Xbox, and I'm like, no, it's not. All right, this is the year for Final Fantasy. No, it's not. It's just like, just stop. Like, stop dangling the carrot. Just give it a yes or a no, for yeah. fuck's sake. Exactly. Um, and that's very much yeah. that's very much the approach I would take as well. And I think, you know, I a lot of people have kind of, like, noticed, or, you know, I say, I say a lot of people, a lot of, like, Xbox outlets have noted that there does seem to be discrepancy with how Xbox is treated on these things versus other companies, you know, in the past. And, you know, the one thing that we, we can always point to was the absolute shitstorm that, you know, spun up when Xbox locked down Rise of the Tomb Raider for a year. Um, don't know if y'all remember that, but it was pretty toxic. I mean, I'm going to be clear. I don't think it was a very cool move. It was not chill. <laughs> that, that was, I don't like that. Full stop. I don't think it was... Whatever money you're throwing to make that deal, not worth it. You know, I, and I don't like it from a player standpoint either. Um, I don't see how that helps me, and I don't see how that. I, I just, I don't think it's, I, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's gross. So, you know, just to be clear, I'm, I feel like I'm being consistent, but nonetheless, Xbox gets beaten around the still gets to like take shit for that. Um, whereas this is something like plus like PlayStation rolls off twice a year. On major yeah, franchises, you know, like Street Street yeah. Fighter, gone. You know, like Final Fantasy VII remake, gone. The new Final Fantasy, gone. Uh, you know, like you could argue there's different like dynamics at play when we're talking Persona from Atlas because Atlas are hesitant to put stuff on Xbox, but we don't fully know yeah. the dynamics of that. But I would be surprised if PlayStation didn't have a hand in it. So. Mm. Um, there's that, and then you like like near automatons took, took ages as well. So you know, there's loads of these like huge names franchises, even existing franchises that have a history on the Xbox platform. That it's just like, sorry, we're gonna have it for a year at least, uh, and actually, it's probably gonna go on and on. And don't even get me started because I don't even think that's as bad as doing timed exclusivity on content in games like the de- like the old school destiny stuff that they did you know oh. sony have been like hyper aggressive with this so i'm like i'm a bit 
fatigued with the kind of idea that Xbox are being like overly aggressive. It's like I don't think that's the case at all. Like back in the day, like ex- like t- exclusivity and time exclusivity has been around for a while before the three sixty days. A lot of people of our age and like maybe older than us will remember the three sixty days of, of thirty days exclusivity on COD Mavericks. Thirty days. Yeah. Not twelve months. Do you know what I mean? So like it's such it's such yeah. a like uh it's come so far. Like like it 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 it's to the power twelve. Like do you know what I mean? It's it's times yeah. it's twelve times as bad. So it's so much more aggressive, like so much more aggressive. And like we're not just talking DLCs, we're talking full games. And like I said, I had a real problem with taking yeah. content out of games because then you're paying oh the God, same amount the for less content, and that's absolute horseshit. So, like, yeah. I think that's really dubious, and I'm really surprised that that's just something that's just happened, and we've all moved past it. Like, it was an okay thing to do. Um, yeah. But the yeah. whole like, the whole like Destiny, Destiny Two thing um, with like exclusive content for PlayStation was just. I mean, in in my eyes, that's that's genuine robbery. Like, yeah. I am paying the same sixty pound price tag as you. But I get less. Like, how is that fair? Yeah. It's like me going into a shop and ordering like a sandwich, and this guy, we we both order the same sandwich, and I only get half, but yeah. I pay the exact same as him. But he only gives me half a sandwich. It's it's ridiculous. Like, I I hated that so much. Yeah, and exactly. It's it's not because it was anything huge. Like, you know, it ended up being like a couple of guns, like a number of maps, a couple of armor pieces, which were like which were nice. You know, it added to the variety for sure. Strikes. Yeah, strikes as well. So you know, it added to variety, especially for a game that was a bit bare bones for a while. But you know, it's more the principle. Um, You know, it's like really, you should charge me five or ten quid less, and then let me buy it when it actually comes out. Mm. Because I don't understand. Because especially because they kept renewing it. Like this is what was the absolute like bullshit of all of it like you would pay this like if you got it in 30 days and you paid full price okay it would still be a bit rubbish in principle but at least you get it in 30 days i'm likely to still be playing it then a year later probably not two years the hawk moon was held back for like Hmm. two and a half or three years like what is that like what is that yeah that's half a console gen (laughs) like yeah it's yeah for one game yeah it's insane and i I remember because when we actually got it as well like it had like some serious changes in like the sandbox as well and just wasn't even the gun it was when it first launched so we basically just got a piece of shit yeah Yeah, it was just like great two and a half years later it's in our hands so like very rare that anyone would still be playing a game in two and a half years but we were addicted to destiny but um but yeah, it's just by that point the game has changed. The 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 whole sandbox has changed. You know, it's not the same as what it was when it first came out of that console. But absolutely, yeah. But that, like that, that stuff is just worse than a straight out acquisition, in my opinion. I think so. So and much I, more ratty. And I think it's so much worse than just a regular time exclusive, even though time exclusivity is still shitty. So yeah, you know there is yeah. there is that whole that whole argument um, about that. Um, so, yeah, you know, and it, it doesn't exactly, you know, in the wider scheme of things, if we're ignoring for a second, kind of, this is just a gaming industry thing, you know, I, I'm not, like, massively in favour of, like, big companies or big industries doing stuff which the competition has no hope of being able to 
do anything about. You know, j- just in the sense that they were only able to do this because they're that big. And that's that's really it. But, you know, like we've, we've seen the ins and outs of the story. We've seen that, you know, Active, Active Liz approached them. And, you know, we, we've talked about kind of like the opportunity cost here of like, well, you know, the alternative was EA, which or like, you know, if, if it was Ubisoft, I really can't remember the details or take two, whatever, you know, I, I of all of this to go to all publishers. We've said this before about Bethesda. I feel like Xbox is the, the best to go to because there's going to be, you've got more platforms, you've got the most affordable choice, you've got cloud, you've got Games Pass. Um, and Xbox tends to be pretty good about the contracts of this stuff. So I reckon you won't see any exclusivity for at least a couple of years, if there is any, you know, in the long run. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, there's that angle as well. Um, mm-hmm. And this kind of brings me to my final point on this topic, <clears throat> which is competition. Now, I really, I've wanted to touch on this for a while. Because it, I guess it's more of like a, like a philosophical standpoint, uh, or I guess economical standpoint, um, in that I remember about four years ago, maybe longer, five years ago, back in like 2016, maybe when Xbox was at its roughest point, there was a lot of discussion around exclus- exclusives and exclusivity, just in general, not even timed, even though that was part of it, because Xbox was getting stomped, you know, essentially. Um, and a lot of people said, well, you know, it's competition. You no, know, it's competition. It's good because, you know, eventually Xbox will bounce back and, you know, and, you know, that's, that's what is good. Even though we know conversations were being had, like Xbox was on the chopping block at that point. So now here we are five years later and the competition has brought about more aggressiveness and exclusivity, more aggressiveness in time of exclusivity, more aggressiveness in acquisitions from everyone. Sony's sweeping up people. Xbox is acquiring major players. So <clears throat> I guess my question kind of is like, when we're, when we're like definitively making the statement, competition is good for everyone. Like, who who's everyone exactly? Who are you talking about? Because Xbox buying Bethesda and Activision Blizzard is not good for PlayStation owners. Arguably, Switch owners is arguably like, you know, some of those games aren't going to make their way there anymore. So... I guess it's just yeah. kind of reevaluating that standpoint because I think sometimes it's used as a lazy, like, yeah, escape yeah, exactly. It's for so that we can't have a conversation about how some of these moves can be bad, you know. It's it's good in in certain contexts because, like, a Bethesda acquisition, you know, people would just be like, oh, well, that's gonna that's gonna spur Sony on to make an acquisition of their own and get some hard hitters their end, but then, you know, the but then if you do look into it deeper, you, you start to think, well, they can't really, because they're not, like you said, they're not on the same scale as Xbox and Microsoft. Like they can't fight back and just start splashing 10 billion, 20 billion and stuff like that, like Microsoft can. So it's just like, that's just a straight, that's just a straight L for Sony um, and PlayStation users. There's no like, oh, this is benefiting both sides because Xbox bought Bethesda. It's, it's not. It's it's cucking one side yeah. and making one side better. Yeah. Like there's there's no there's no beating around the bush there. Um, but in yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. I I think co- competition is good in in smaller in smaller ways when it comes to big acquisitions and deals like this. Uh, I don't think there's such a thing as it benefits both sides. Uh, it's too large. It's too large of a piece um, to to benefit both sides when you're talking uh, things on a scale of of this. 
Um, yeah. I don't think that, that phrase exists when stuff like this is going on. Right, yeah. And that's, that is just kind of the, the nuance to it, really. You know, that uh, it's... Competition isn't... You know, okay. Could you argue there's a net benefit for the consumer in the long run? Like, yes, you, I think you, that, that is probably fair and I would probably agree. But when you look at the nuance and the things within that, that's not to say it doesn't come with cons as well. And sometimes I think people disregard these moves that we've long spoken about, whether it's just exclusivity in general or like time exclusivity or acquisitions, whatever it is, there come significant cons with that. And I like sometimes the area that you're competing company that you're like buying products from, the area that they try and improve into fight for your money might not be an area you care about, you know, and just to, like for a really just explicit point. If Sony went and bought timed exclusivity on the next Monster Hunter, there's nothing Xbox could do that would make me feel better about that. Like, you know, they could go out and acquire like Rockstar for the next GTA. Like huge play. Well, that's not Monster Hunter. Like they go out and acquire yeah. like a gearbox for Borderlands Four. It's not one Santa, you know. Do you know what I mean? So like, it's not like you know this whole tip for tat. It it's not the same, you know. So that that's kind of yeah. it differs. It differs for every consumer, right? We all have our different favorite games, favorite franchises, and stuff like that. Like some people, like there was someone in in our in our friend uh, in our group chat on on WhatsApp who was literally just like, "What's what's the big deal with this whole Activision?" Blizzard thing because he doesn't play any Blizzard games he doesn't play Call of Duties like, he doesn't play any of that so he was literally just like I don't really care great like what's the big deal here so like it, it it really it differs for everyone right and yeah you know you, you make a really good point obviously Monster Hunter is our favourite franchise probably ever right and if Sony made a move on that like you said there, there's nothing Xbox could do to soften the blow for that um, like if, if somehow World 2 was an exclusive I I would do something very drastic. I don't right. I, I, <laughs> I, I would I would be so upset. I would swallow an orange um, hole. <laughs> yeah, definitely. At More least drastic than that. <laughs> maybe pine maybe pineapple. Yeah. But so, like yeah, so that, that's just all it is, man. It's just I, I just yeah, I just think like we need to be able to have a conversation outside of competition is good because then like it's clear when Xbox make these moves, it pisses people off. So like is it or isn't it? Because mm-hmm. like if you are subscribing to the belief that competition is good full stop, then that's what Xbox is doing. No. You know, and like also this is something that's like been poked for like a decade now xbox has been like regularly mocked by not only consumers but by media outlets by sony themselves and here they are they're biting back so like competition right like this is great but you know like you said you know it goes back and forth and it depends what we're talking about so you know essentially my hot take is competition isn't always good it can be good because and it also depends who you're talking about it can be good for some people uh you know also you know on the flip side of this you know we've seen competition before uh drive teams to absolute exhaustion and burnout and fatigue you know so like who is this competition good for like what are you talking about like is it's good for shareholders and ceos from a business perspective it's good for like the right demographic of players from a from a player perspective so it's like that's all it's just i think this needs to be a more nuanced conversation than just competition good because clearly people are getting pissed off with the way xbox are approaching this and you know 
if we're going to use the competition, the the same argument that people used six years ago when PlayStation had their foot on Xbox's neck, competition is good. Then we could just hand wave it like nothing was happening. But it's clearly yeah. more complicated than that. So that's yeah. all. Yeah, that's all. He says after just chatting about it for twenty minutes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you make a very valid point. It's 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 absolutely true. It goes way deeper than that. There are so many sectors to it, and so many different angles. Um, it's not just it's not just consumer, and it's and even if it's if it is just consumer, it's still not competition good. Like, and that is the only way people think of it, and it's still not right without factoring yeah. in any, anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it reminds me of that scene at the end of the Joker. You know, um, spoilers for Joker if you haven't seen it. Um, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, when he pulls out the gun and he's like, You get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> just like blows his head off. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's how it makes me think of like, the whole competition thing. It's like, You've poked the bear for like six years, man. So here we are. And your, yeah. and, and your love yeah. for capitalism, you know, uh, uh, competition. So here we are. Um, all right. So you know sort of pivoting off the topic a little bit um is is this kind of idea of like like going you know multiplat what is how is this going to work what's going to be multiplat what isn't we know phil put out like a a, um a statement before saying you know oh no it wasn't phil actually it was it came from someone else that you know there was they're likely going to make some exclusivity but some stuff is going to remain multiplat we had a conversation about this earlier in the week about you know essentially copying the framework they've taken for bethesda in that stuff that's already multiplat will probably stay there, and stuff that's out in the future that's that's new, um, is is likely going to be exclusive, barring a couple of outliers. Because yeah. the only like the big comparison here is Call of Duty to Minecraft, and obviously Minecraft has been kept across the board as multiplat. So, a Sony spokesperson this week said the following: "Try not to piss yourself." Um, quote, we expect that Microsoft, that Microsoft will abide by the contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. Close quote. I smell fear. <laughs> yeah. It, it's literally just like a straight up like guilt trip. <laughs> it's like they're just trying to guilt trip us. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be a dick, but this is, this is like... This is so funny, like, after, like, the years and years of berating Xbox, the whole sharing games thing. I know this was a while back and under different leadership, under different conditions, but you know what I mean. There has been an overall, like, gen- like general mockery from Sony towards Xbox. Even if you look at E3 stages, like, the comments there were all jabs. But then now this is, like, the space where to be like, pretty please, <laughs> can we keep Call of Duty multi-platform? It just fucking made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I, I kind of read that and chuckled a little bit as well. Um, it, it's it's just fear, isn't it? Uh, it's just straight up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. It is it's just quite it's just quite funny. It, it's just a funny um, quote. Yeah, it doesn't go much further than that. But like, it's you know, obviously there is like there, there is like a legal side to this in in terms of the. You know, they're talking about contractual agreements. So, you know, in the same sense that Death Leap and Go to War Tokyo were tied up in a contract and Xbox respected that. Um, I'm sure this statement is referring to that rather than, you know, saying that all Activist games will be kept multi, should be kept multi-plat, you know, out of some mm-hmm. principle. I'm sure that's what it means, but it still reads like a, like a bit of a plead. Um, because, I like, as you'll see a bit further down in my notes, like I've got... Uh, I know here that, that would suggest that 
Sony would lose $260 million a year if Call of Duty goes exclusive. Um, you know, so it's such a substantial chunk, chunk of money if that was to happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, so I guess sort of following on from this, Phil, we had a tweet from Phil earlier in the week, which I'm not, I don't know if you saw, uh, which said, mm. and I quote, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Thoughts? Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Um the way he's phrased that yeah our desire to to keep call of duty on playstation um it's a bit of a chin i mean the whole yeah i tend to i mean all existing agreements fine that's fine that that stuff like like you said stuff that might already be in the works and stuff like that they're they're, they're not just gonna just cuck it burn the contract oh what contract (laughs) that's like that's fine and that but it's the whole desire to keep call of duty on playstation does kind of give the impression that they don't plan on ripping it from the platform um for for future releases um which is kind of i don't know it is kind of a shock i guess but i don't don't really know because there is there is a benefit of keeping cod on playstation right you know cod sales on playstation is still money inside you know our pocket because we own the studio making the games right if it's selling if it's selling fucking however many copies it is on playstation it's still benefiting us sure it's not forcing people to come over to our platform by our hardware and only play it on that um but yeah i don't know it's it's definitely a it's definitely a good guy move I mean, Philly's Philly's such a good guy. He's a nice <laughs> it's guy, man. He's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It is kind of a shock to me, to be honest. I mean, I I don't think this tweet is as revealing as we think it is. Like, because you kind of read it and you're like, oh wow, that's a cod's going to be kept like multiplayer. And then you read it again, and you're like, huh. And then you read it again, and you're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Desire to keep does kind of make me think uh, it's a continuation, right? It's, it's it's future Call of Duties. Uh, you know, he's that's what he's referring to. That sort of phrasing makes me think that it's not just this year or next year's Call of Duty, and then the rest will be exclusive. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, but it's just funny. Like, make no mistake, this is a very carefully thought out tweet i'm sure it's been run by like lawyers and you know advisors across the board um and i imagine this was kind of done to just calm everyone down and the shit like i wouldn't surprise me if sony called them up and was like can you uh put out a statement for us because our shareholders are shitting themselves and like (laughs) our stock is dropping so can you just like put a stop to that um yeah, because like you said, you know, that, that that sentence, you know, I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition uh, of acquisition of Activation Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. So is that just in regards to the existing agreements? Or yeah. is that for future? Like, there's a reason he hasn't said Call of Duty 
it's going to be my platform as long as we own it. Like, there's a reason that it wasn't yeah. that explicit, and the reason that, uh, the reason I think that that is is because he doesn't want to fully commit to you know because they'll still be crunching the numbers like, if you know fully commit to an outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still very muddy water, isn't it? It's still, I still think, I still think they're figuring it out as well, to be honest, um, to an extent. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of impossible to tell. But yeah, the way they worded it, you you really could interpret this in any way, in any way possible, right? Which is why, like you said, it's, it is quite carefully worded, Um because to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, you know, if, you know, if 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 fucking Vanguard stays on it, or if this year's Call of Duty stays on it, or Warzone stays on it, technically that's still keeping that's true right. to that statement, right? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was my thought as well. You know, like like we said earlier in the week, like with the theory that Warzone would stay multiplat because it's already an existing game. But the future franchises would be exclusive. Like you said, that doesn't contradict that statement at all. So, yeah. so you read it for the first time and it sounds very definitive. But then you start thinking around, and you're like, actually, this doesn't tell me much more. Um, yeah. And like, I, I'm still, I'm still under the impression that eventually, I don't know when, because we're talking, I think, many years down the line, that mainline COD entries will become exclusive. I, I am under that impression. Um, and I could be wrong here, and it, you know, it, it might be more of a Minecraft angle where they decide it's too big to go exclusive. But my, you know, my, my main point of comparison for this is that, you know, Phil has essentially confirmed that Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be exclusive. And I just don't see, okay, COD is bigger in, in that it hits more numbers, but let's not pretend Skyrim isn't still selling like hotcakes 10 years after release, you know, like, yeah. and that's huge. And like, if they're going to make that, this is, that's my main reason for thinking that at some point it will go exclusive. And my reason for thinking it won't be soon is because not only is it going to take a while for this deal to close, so they're going to have still have these CODs on a, on a yearly treadmill. They need to figure out like the PR angle of it. So like for this year, obviously it won't be affected. For next year, the next COD is still going to be on that treadmill. So we're maybe looking at 2024. Mm-hmm. You know, if they do decide that this is the way forward, it will be 2024 at least. Maybe at that point they've decided take two years for this god so maybe we're looking at 2025 you know um so i i think eventually that will be the case but uh yeah i don't i don't think it'll be anytime soon yeah yeah for sure um i think it will definitely take a, a, a couple of years for the dust to settle and for the next mainline call of duty to be an exclusive for sure yeah um i think we agreed on that when we talked about it earlier in the week it's 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 never it's never going to just be like oh my god I can't believe this year's Call of Duty is not going to be on PlayStation no I think you still got a couple of years um, yeah but yeah there's there's I personally see it as there's no reason why we wouldn't and when we've done just massive plays for other other IPs and just absolutely outright saying they're exclusive there's no reason why we can't do the same with with titles and ips under activision blizzard right um you know when we got the likes of fallout 5 and uh elder scrolls 6 being only on xbox um they're almost just as big as you can get um aside from call of duties and stuff like that so um Yeah. yeah it's very carefully worded um it's impossible to tell really we're still guessing just like we were when the acquisition first went through um 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, like I say, there are still some enigmas in, in like how Microsoft operates with exclusivity sometimes. You know, the, the mine, I, 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 I always understood the angle of keeping Minecraft multiplayer. What I never understood was not making Minecraft Dungeons exclusive. Like, mm, that was weird. And that, you know, I don't know, because that's like in contradiction to like, because then you could say maybe on franchises where there's a main app on multiplayer, they won't make spin-off apps exclusive. But then you look at like Elder Scrolls Online or Fallout 76, like from what we understand, that's going to be there. And then the spin-off, you know, why they, I know it's not spin-off, but the next entry in that franchise would be exclusive. So, you know, it's yeah. like they're not opposed to that. So, you know, there there is definitely wiggle room here and like inconsistency, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah. But that that would be my, my take, that we will get there eventually in terms of mainline CODs um going exclusive but i don't think it will be for a long long while yeah yeah no i agree cool cool okay well i've just got a little footnote here because this this did get buried i think we did touch on it i maybe we didn't i can't remember but um that games pass has hit 25 million subs uh which is like finally Mm. like they've been waiting on news on the on the sub front for a while. Um, I mean, do you have anything in particular to say about that number? It's big. It's, it's a big so number. Big. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I remember reading um, some articles on it and I think that's up from about uh, from January last year. Cause they, they, they did the figure in January. I think January last year, we were at 17 or something. So it's, it's risen 18, by yeah. about 8 million. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's risen by seven, 8 million. Um, over the course of the year, which is pretty healthy, pretty healthy growth, yeah. um, and uh, and we haven't even had any of our major. I mean, obviously we've had Halo Infinite, sure, mm-hmm. but um, we still got some big hitters to come, which will be console sellers and Games Pass subscriber sellers, yeah. like a hundred percent. So that number's only going to get bigger and bigger as we move into late twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. I, mate, with with what's coming out at the end of 2022 and what's lined up for 2023, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a January figure next year of like like 40 mil or something. Mm, That's quite a spike. I I could see, I I mean, if if it rose by like seven or eight with, with what's come out between now and then and what we have lined up, um, I think January next year, I don't see a reason. I mean, you definitely see a similar growth, um, if not more. Maybe like ten mil. Maybe like thirty-five million. Yeah, I think I think ten mil is probably a good good projection. Like, and I think it entirely hinges on their E three showing. Yeah, like we yeah. we know there's a lot coming. Like, obviously, Starfield and Redfall, and like maybe one or two other exclusive indies are like confirmed up. for this year. But for 2023, we've got like vague ideas, but like nothing's been officially confirmed for 2023. Like we estimate like Hellblade, uh, maybe, sorry, Forza this year as well, maybe, but maybe Forza gets pushed next year. Who knows? You know, we know there's like Hellblade for next year. We know there's like maybe the Coalition's next game. Um, you know, Cloud. We know there's um, Cloud, that's right. Fable. Possibly, yeah, um, possibly Fable, possibly um, yeah. The Outer Worlds 2. 
you know, we we yeah. do because but because none of it's been confirmed. You know, the, you know, your casual gamer or even your, your less hardcore is going to be unsure. So if they come in E yeah. three fucking swinging, which I think this year was going to be like a big big hitter. Last year was very good. I think this year is going to be crazy. Um, mm. And that's not even like discussing any stuff like unknown stuff a contraband as well for next year like stuff that we don't know about from either mm-hmm. blizzard or activision or bethesda like who knows um if that's a bank killer showcase i think we see a lot of conversions by next january that gives six months for the yeah. general for the general public to understand what's coming in the next year and then for a starfield bundle at christmas uh Starfield, yeah. And then like look at all this library that's coming out from 2023. Then yeah, I think I think if that all goes to plan, I think we're looking at probably a 10 mil growth. Yeah. Which is that's our really predictions. Good. Bang. We'll come back in a year's time and see. Get it in stone. Yeah, I think um like I, I saw I don't have the exact numbers to, to hand, but I remember I saw a comparison with how like Netflix grew and netflix has been around since like 2003 or something it's been around for a while you know yeah and, and the growth on yeah. that was like really slow it took like 10 years to get it to like you know five mil um and obviously it picked up around sort of the the teens so like 20 teens um but you know the, essentially the comparison was showing how much quicker games pass is growing compared to netflix which you would somewhat expect because xbox was an exist- existing brand of, you know so is netflix i know they did rentals and everything but you know not exactly the same scale uh, but nonetheless the speed yeah. of growth is it was very very good by comparison yeah yeah so we will see uh, it's good to have some numbers for that because it has uh, has been a while um all righty uh, what have we got next my notes are loading really loading really slowly uh, Banjo Kazooie on Switch. Excellent. That was weird. Kind of came out of nowhere, and honestly, didn't really see much reaction to it online. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, this game. I, I feel like people have played this game uh, quite a few times. I mean, it's 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 made its way over. It was in Rare Replay, wasn't it? I'm not uh, sure it was. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. So like. You know, people have people have played it again on on consoles of last generation and stuff like that. Um, you know, now they're just playing it again on Switch. It's kind of cool. I don't think it's that crazy. I love Banjo Kazooie when I was a kid. Um, I, it was it was a game I played loads when I was growing up. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't shock me too much. Um, I think. What's kind of weird about this is the uh, it's the whole <laughs> Nintendo like, Switch Online partnership. <laughs> well, that as well, Nintendo but Switch like Online. you know, it, it's part of the. I mean, I, I don't know how this works. Like, presumably, you can buy it separately, but it's it's coming to the expansion pack, which still is oh. a shit deal. Um, but you know, okay, whatever. But yeah, no, you are right. I think okay, more... so it's, it's... gone. Oh, no, 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 Karen. You, I say, you... As you say, like the more, as you say, the, the more the actual interesting part part of it is that Xbox allow, have allowed Nintendo to to use yeah. to use Banjo Kazooie to get it on its on its essentially home you know home platform or whatever. Um, which makes me think, like, there must be a tit for tat coming soon because Xbox has been like very gracious with with Nintendo. They've like, been quite chummy for a while. Um, mm, you know, getting some uh... games there. Cuphead, Ori comes to mind. Um, and as far as I'm aware, those things are often pushes from the devs. Like the devs are like, we want to make this for the Switch. But 
nonetheless, these are not things that Phil has to greenlight, and they still come off as like favors to not only the devs but also Nintendo. And then things like sharing Banjo Kazooie for Smash, and now like the actual games, like it makes me think that there must be some. Like, I wonder if Xbox are asking for anything in return. Like, I guess it's like maybe it's the Goldeneye thing. We spoke about Goldeneye a while back. Mm. Maybe, maybe because yeah. from what I understand, there's like a, a complete like IP and publishing fuckery with who that belongs to. So maybe yeah. if that is true, maybe they it was that you know just get get a, a like a remaster of the the old version on Xbox and Switch. Who knows? But yeah, just thought it was a, a funny thing. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they, they have been chummy for for a little while, um, Xbox and Nintendo, and you, yeah, you can't help but think there is something brewing in the background. Um, and uh, yeah, no, those. I mean, I remember ages ago we were talking about the whole like, you know, is Games Pass gonna somehow make its way over to Switch and have like this its own like sort of combined platform sharing thing with switch and stuff like that because we have been very chummy with them um but you know i guess only time will tell um but it's definitely quite interesting i think that's the most interesting aspect of it um yeah the the sort of the strategy and the business standpoint of it is is a little bit funny um yeah Yeah. okay that's fine so I, i mean i think there was there probably is a conversation to be had about uh, like Games Pass appearing on other devices, but I think we have spoken about that before, and I think there's probably a better time that's not today, so we don't bleed over two hours. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I, I expect there will be a... Do you remember when Bethesda got quiet, they did like a, a, a Xbox Bethesda roundtable? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I imagine a similar thing will happen in the next like six months, maybe even longer, maybe when the deal comes closer to closing, where they do an Xbox actively's round table and they have that conversation if phil says the same sort of thing where he says expect all these games to come to places where games pass is you know and then we have to have the yeah. whole conversation again um so yeah we'll probably <laughs> we'll probably come around to it then um but other than that mate that's uh everything from me is there anything else you want to go over today uh no no i think that's i think we've we've, we've covered everything so that's it's all good for me excellent i have a really done. bad hangnail right now Deuces. Oh, dude, those are the worst. It sucks. I hate those. Is it on your thumb or is it on your like your index finger? No, it's on like my um my my ring finger on my right hand. Is there a name for oh, that finger? I hate those. The ring finger? Yeah, because that's like on your left it's hand. It's just your it? ring finger. But like do you just call it your ring finger? Because it's not, because your ring finger's on yeah. your left hand. But it's on my right hand. No, you can you can have your. I think you can. That's just considered the ring finger. You can just have your ring on left or right. It doesn't have to be specific to right or left. Like if I ever get married, I would wear my ring on my left ring finger. Yeah, it's on your left hand, dude. This one. Yeah, but some people would wear it on their right. But that's not your ring finger. Okay, we're going to call it there. Um, thanks for joining us it today, is. everyone. <laughs> um, we'll catch you for episode 41. Uh, if you've stuck with us this far through 40 episodes, you fucking rock. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, like yeah. the video. That would be awesome. Um, and come follow us on Twitter. I make really funny graphics sometimes uh, at late hours in the morning when I'm very tired. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> he <Sleep> does. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.